Welcome to Leadership, the Future, and Tea, featuring our special guests, hosted by Andy Davis and N. Moffitt, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome, everybody, to Leadership, the Future, and Tea. This is Andy Davis, and today I'm joined by Evelyn Chow from Decode HR. Hi, Evelyn. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Andy? Yeah, Thanks so great. much for having me. Oh, no problem at all. It's uh, it's great to speak to you again from another, I think, 9,000-something miles apart. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting used to this now, unfortunately, under, under COVID. But, um, uh, Evelyn, we, we've been working together, I think, over for the last year or so now. Let me just say a few words about you. Let me just introduce you to the rest of the listeners, okay? And sure. uh, So everybody knows a little bit about you. So bear, bear with me on this one. So Evelyn's the founder and principal consultant of Decode HR, a strategic HR consulting firm based in Singapore. A decade of corporate human resources roles across Asia within the IT, hospitality and real estate sectors in companies such as EDS and Symatech. I've, I've probably said that wrong. Symatech led Evelyn to the role of client solutions director for Hudson's recruitment process outsourcing business for Asia and then the establishment of Decode HR in 2011. She is especially passionate about leveraging technology and helping her clients understand how HR can help and propel their human capital programs to greater heights. She's also an advocate of agile HR, which we will talk about later. Evelyn, that's a collection of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yes, yes. Well, I think um, having worked for so many years now, you know, yes, I have accumulated uh, some level of um, uh, well, I wouldn't say expertise, but um, learning, I would say. Well, I, I, I think you have accumulated some expertise. I think you're, you're very much downplaying your, your level of expertise there. Um, so, yeah, uh, listen, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast. And, and what we were just talking about there, uh, Evelyn, before we came on, was this is our opportunity to help you share some of your expertise and knowledge with people, uh, with our listeners, okay? And um, we know sure. you've got some amazing uh, knowledge. But um, Evelyn, this is all about leadership. Okay, so let's just get down to the heart of it and let's start by talking about um, who's your leadership role model and why? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And um, actually, I realize I don't have um, a particular leadership role model. Um, but I think um, I have been very much influenced by my faith um, as a Christian. So seven leadership is something that resonates deeply with me. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, 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 we, we have the servant leadership answer given to us at various different points in this podcast with lots of different ah, people. And uh, right. Evelyn, it's a rising trend. Do you, do you see that people are talking more about servant leadership or aspiring to it? I do, actually. And I personally think that's awesome. Um, firstly, because, you know, as leaders, it's it's easy to let our egos get in the way. Yeah, true. <laughs> and I think that when we remind ourselves and remember that, you know, um, leadership is actually a privilege and yeah. we are here to serve the people whom we work with, then I think it's it's a lot easier to, to make sure that we have a big dose of reality mm. and humility and and I think all that enables us to enjoy our journey a lot more because it's not about us yeah. it's, it's really about the people around us and how we can help one another to 
um, be successful and to really enjoy working together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I feel this could become a bit of a masterclass in servant leadership uh, on today's podcast. So um, <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask you the next three, but I could probably even guess th- guess this. What are the three traits then that you look for in leaders? Mm, integrity, yeah. courage, and the third one I feel is strength of vision, mm. um, which I feel is is important. Um, yeah, so for me, these are key. Strength of vision we don't hear often, okay? Integrity and courage we hear in in either those words or in different words uh, quite often. Tell me more about strength of vision. What do you mean by that? No problem. I think maybe what we hear a lot is, um, you know, visionary visionary leaders. But yeah. uh, I like, you know, the way it sounds, strength of vision. Um, because I think it's important to have the the courage first of all to dare to dream right um yeah. but to really be visionary is um putting ourselves in 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 a place where we need to be um, extremely strategic mm-hmm. and extremely mindful of you know all the internal external factors um not just locally but globally and being able to um, really tackle um, dreams you know, or visions that are that seem so far you know and and, and so um, difficult to achieve so I think um, strength of vision is important um, for us particularly um, during these challenging times right and I think that actually propels us you know um, to be visionary on another scale altogether yeah well that's that's very interesting <clears throat> i hope people take the time to go away and think about that one because um having that strength of vision as you as you call it um it, again it opens up uh, vulnerabilities for leaders as well uh, because actually you know if you are going out there and uh, possibly doing things that you haven't done before looking at things in a different way it does um, create create those vulnerabilities for leaders. So hopefully people will go away and think about more about their own strength of visions and see where they are with your your description of it, because I think that's really cool. Um, but let's let's talk about Agile, because um, I, I attended a brilliant webinar that, that you did uh, a couple of months ago. OK, and um, I, I loved every minute of that. Now, you posted about Agile and uh, some people mm-hmm. will struggle to connect HR to an Agile methodology. And I'd mm. love if you could explain a bit more about this, please. Sure. And I can totally understand, you know, why, why you say that, because um, I think for a traditional HR practitioner, it's hard for them to immediately um, see the relevance um, of agile concepts or frameworks. Um, but I, I think it, it definitely is extremely relevant. Agile is firstly uh, a mindset, although it's a framework as well. So when we talk about an agile mindset, um, I think you know we we definitely see how it's extremely relevant in human resources today because we are talking about um, human capital, right? We're talking yeah. about um, assets, and it's it's not just about um, 
people in, in terms of the skills that they have, we are, we're looking at them as um, assets of the organizations whom uh, we can invest in and, and, and these assets um, uh, can bring so much value. At the same time, they are so um, precious, right? Yeah. So I think it's important to be able to think about how we can be more strategic and um, <clears throat> how we can be more uh, holistic in the way we view our human capital. So in HR, um, I think that that shift is required because um, many of the processes have been done you know, one way or another. It's, it's just been very um, predictable, right? How yep, you yep. how you run performance management, how you recruit people, how you do succession planning, how you do the training. Um, there's sort of a, a very prescriptive approach to it. But um, when we start being agile, we start looking at how we can help our people and our uh, people managers to be able to respond to the situations that they are in right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's important. And concepts, right? Agile concepts like being able to satisfy the customer, um, and that is the highest priority, makes a lot of sense for us um, today, even in HR. And another concept is uh, around building projects um, within motivated teams and giving teams the environment and support they need. So I think all those um, make a lot of sense and, and there's no reason why they actually can't be transferred you know, to the HR domain because um, HR absolutely needs to be um, almost, um, you know, fixated with customer um, satisfaction, yeah. whether it's internal or external. And, and it really makes sense to build motivated teams and giving them the support environment they need because then you get the most out of the teams, right? So um, to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a natural progression, um, you know, in terms of being able to apply agile concepts to human resources. And uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, mm. Even, for example, in performance management, you know, um, being able to respond um, to the situation, providing um, immediate feedback, um, being very um, agile in, in the way we, we anticipate challenges, for example. Yeah. Wow. Um, th there's a lot to think <laughs> about, isn't it? There's a real lot to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, can we talk about processes there? You mentioned processes. Uh, mm. And again, uh, HR, like many uh, many parts of business, actually have probably been rooted in some of the same processes for many years and have maybe been tweaked only slightly by some sort of legislation change, if at all, right, if at all. So those processes are probably the hardest thing to change in HR, in my, my opinion, in my experience. What advice would you give people that are looking to, to be more agile around their processes? Um, I think that in areas where you know the processes will not um, undermine compliance, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's important to use processes um, as uh, as guiding principles and as best practices, mm. which means um, 
organizations need to recognize that there are instances where you don't have to be prescriptive about yeah. you know every situation yeah and and i think that is important because um that would mean that the organization is exercising um agility as well right when yeah, when yeah. you're also being flexible in 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 deciding which processes need to be followed to a t and which you know are are there you know um just for reference for example so i think it's important for for companies to um to learn um that hr processes um you know can be there to guide them but they don't necessarily always need to be followed through 100 um, percent. yeah okay I, th I think that's great advice i think uh the fact that it's there as a guide sometimes that's the interpretation that really adds the value and the power to it yeah so in terms of um hr let's let's just go and talk about the the sort of industry a bit more because i know that you've been involved in hr for, for many many years probably too many years that you even like to think about <laughs> yes uh, next year it's going to be our 10th anniversary for decode hr that's that's amazing that's congratulations yeah it's congrats. it's pretty amazing <laughs> well i'm blind well, I, I hope that you're back in your office to celebrate that by by then, OK? Yeah, we, same here. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed for you. So um, let, let's again just focus on, on the HR industry itself. Though. Do you believe that there is a need, though, for HR to upskill in some way? Because uh, I know and I'm asking that in terms of um, does that then lead to it becoming a more strategic asset for the business or if we in HR, is it now plateaued and it is what it is and it's not going to to change its level or change it, its strategic nature? This is an interesting question because, um, you know, when I look at the market and, and I look at, you know, um, HR practitioners whom I um, work with or come into contact with, really um, the continuum right and, and mm. two ends of it you know um, HR practitioners who are entirely focused on HR you yeah. know and and then on the other end you, you do have HR practitioners who uh, who really have um, a good grasp of the business mm. and and understand the implications you know of, of uh, changes in the market in the environment in the ecosystem so then um, we have this, you know, this gap between this group. Um, so I suppose um, when it back to your question as to whether they can be more strategic, yeah. um, yes and no, um, depending on where they sit on, on that continuum. Um, yeah. Certainly yeah. for the group, you know, that is very focused on purely um, HR, practicing HR and just doing HR, I, I certainly feel that there is room for them to uh, to be more strategic. Um, and what I mean by that is, like I mentioned, you know, really uh, being able to grasp um, um, business implications, mm. being able to provide um, insights, you know, that, that actually help the organization to, to get more out of um, what they can provide, you know, in terms of HR advice. Yeah. So, so I think for this group, certainly there there is that opportunity and potential. And then for the other group of um, senior HR practitioners who are already very strategic, 
Um, I I would say, you know, based on my observation, that um, there can be a mindset that could uh, sort of be more inclusive, if I may, mm. for lack of a better yeah. word. Um, inclusive in the sense that um, there are people out there um, who who love to do HR um, and may not have a pure HR background, mm. you know, but yeah, because exactly. of their experience, you know, in other parts of the business, they are able to actually bring a lot to the table mm. and provide, you know, um, certain perspectives that you know uh, traditional HR practitioners or or people who have been in HR all their lives, um, they may have certain blind spots. And just like all of us do, right? We, we yeah, do have course, blind spots. Of course we do. So I think, yeah, it's good to uh, have a mindset where we will invite people from um, other parts of the business, um, even non-HR practitioners, to provide their input and to provide their perspectives, suggestions, recommendations, basically invite them to come alongside and um, and and be comfortable with having uh, a team that is not, you know, purely HR to be able to contribute to HR issues or challenges. Yeah. And uh, I like your thought there about different people with different backgrounds coming and bringing some alternative views to the table uh, for HR. And, yes, uh, exactly. It's true, and it's true in, in virtually all walks of business, isn't it? That actually people with a, a different background can actually add something. Yes, and again, that is very much an agile principle because mm. agile practitioners would welcome um, multidisciplinary teams. Yeah. Because of the, like we mentioned, you know, the, the sheer um, vastness of uh, perspectives, experience and exposure you, you can gain so much more out of you know, a team like that. So um, we believe in the importance of building multidisciplinary teams, um, also because uh, particularly you, you know, with situations like what we're in right with COVID, you, you are able to deploy people with the skill set that you need because they are already exposed. They, are, yeah. they have yeah. already gained critical skill sets. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, I, I think that's fantastic. And, and that whole, again, I like how you bring it back to the agile. And I agree with you that bringing different people and different thoughts and um, perceptions, backgrounds, I, I think it does add a lot to a team. Um, I, I've never been afraid to uh, go out and uh, recruit somebody with a very different skill set to what the team's already got because it, it drives different things. It, it drives innovation as well. So I, yes. I think. And I truly believe that um, the right attitude right um makes a whole lot of difference so yeah. higher for attitude you know yeah. uh, that's something that i subscribe to yeah i love it higher for attitude there you go that's the takeaway from today i like <laughs> it so uh, obviously um evelyn you get to work with some chros hrds whatever title that they've currently mm. got um and you probably work with a whole collection in singapore that are international in nature and uh well yeah multinational whatever it may be what are the challenges that you're currently seeing that those CHROs are dealing with? And, and what advice do you have for other HR folks at the moment? They're trying to deal with the same thing. Yeah, um, I, I don't know about giving it advice, but uh, based again on my observations. 
It's all gone dark. <laughs> Let me stand up. <laughs> there we go. Shut up. Over this way. Back on. No, that, that one's not doing it, but there you go. That'll do. I've got light. Oh, I've got two lights <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, is it the motion sensor? That... Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was sat okay. really still then. <laughs> I'll keep great, moving. Great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what I have noticed is um, HR folks uh, are under a tremendous amount of pressure. Yeah. You know, uh, over the last few months, and and I think it hasn't quite um, abated, but perhaps eased off a little, not as mm. intense as before. Um, but I, I recognize that it's, it's a very challenging time, right? Because um, how do you have answers, you know, for, for situations where, you know, you, you're encountering them for the first time? There's just no precedent. So, um, so I'm, I'm extremely um, uh, empathetic, I would say. What I would suggest is that, um, that HR actually, uh, to my earlier point, um, not be afraid of sharing that they don't have the answers yeah. um, to the situations that they are facing today, you know, whether it's their department, their team, or as an organization. Um, and and don't look for prescribed solutions. Sure. Uh, because I think um, there is no silver bullet. And, um, and each organization, each you know, CHRO has to find their their own solution, right, for the company because every company faces a unique situation. Um, so um, I know it's it's sometimes tempting to to try and you know find that one solution that would work, you know, but um, I don't think it exists. Mm. So um, so I, I would say um, don't be afraid, you know to have come alongside, uh, invite peers to come alongside, to co-create and co-ideate um, so that you can tackle the challenges that you're facing as an organization and and don't feel like you have to do it uh, alone yeah. because you're the CHRO. Um, and, and I think that basically would be what I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like it. Don't don't do it on your own and involve <laughs> others. Those are the two messages I've got there. And uh, yes. I, I think that inclusivity, again, I think that you could apply that to uh, to, to many different areas of business, not, not just CHROs. So um, I think that's really cool. And for those CHROs that are, that are out there that are struggling at the moment, that do feel like it's all on their own shoulders, then uh, it's now time to reach out to your network and go and talk to people and seek that mm. support. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. And um, it shouldn't, you know, stop us from, from reaching out, like I said, because um, we are all learning right together. And, and, mm. and this is a journey that everyone is on. No one is, is spared, right? Um, I would say. Um, so I would say as well, though, that um, the CHRO needs to have the confidence yep. to 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 issue the invitation yep uh, yeah that's yeah. important yeah no definitely definitely right and 
where we, where we are now with COVID, we all know is, it is a really difficult place. And, whether, and that doesn't matter whether you're CHRO or CEO or even mm. uh, even this uh, kind of an operative worker in a business. It's a really difficult time. But where do you see leadership being post-COVID? How do you see it changing? Yeah, so what I've observed So, I think COVID has really, um, you know, stopped us from being complacent in many ways. Um, I think many companies were, you know, in in the comfort zone, um, and and what they have realized probably is that the recipe for success, you know, uh, what worked yesterday is not going to work today. That, mm. Yeah, that recipe is yeah. has to change. And yeah. what is going to work for us today might not necessarily work for us tomorrow, right? So um, I think the ability to, to truly pivot um, is something that leaders will be tested on um, and the, the most challenging part of it is actually making sure that their people can actually um, pivot along you know with them yeah because your people will need to deliver uh, the services or products um, in a different way right um, maybe not for all the organizations but sure. for some yeah. certainly um, and, and that means that people will have to step out of their comfort zone. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that leaders are facing today. How can they um, get their team um, to, to feel excited, you know, uh, to do something differently? Um, and I think it's painful, right? Because um, how, how do you try to motivate a, a group of people to, to learn new skills, for example, the use of technology, sure. um, you know, overnight, delivering services in a completely different manner, again, overnight. And again, a lot of it is through the, the use of technology. So it can be very painful um, for the leaders themselves, <laughs> um, I, I feel. Um, so I think that's something that leaders need to come to terms with and to recognize that, uh, you know, the, the saying, right, no pain, no gain, really, really does ring true in, in these instances. Um, so the, the painful part, I suppose, is um, having to think about how to manage change. Yeah, yeah. And, and leaders need to be, um, be able to spend time on, on this part of the, the process, right? And, and again, not just looking for um, uh, prescriptive um, solutions. Um, how do they diagnose the situation and then make sense of, you know, what's happening? So the sense-making part is so critical, right? And and start to uh, pivot. So I think this, this has really changed um, the way leaders think. Mm. It's not easy, I would say. Yeah, it's not easy. And the, the interesting thing that you pick up on there is about the management of change. And I, I agree with you that uh, I think that's one of the greatest challenges of moving forward 
with um, post-COVID is about that management of change. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it is. It's a great, great challenge. Uh, and, and again, it, in terms of how people deal with that management of change, it will be different than before. Um, whatever formulaic approach that people used before is now out the window, um, often now caused by the fact that uh, just simple, the, the reach to people is more difficult. The fact that you've got people spread around um, is, is increasingly difficult for people. Yeah. And mind you, you know, the competition is doing the same, right? Absolutely right. Absolutely. So so then how are you going to um, make sure that, you know, that you continue to stand out, that, that your customers, you know, will not actually uh, choose to buy from from your competitor because um, because they are, you know, perhaps in some ways differentiating themselves better in this current situation. So there's, there's a lot um, to think about. Yeah, I to totally agree. And uh, yeah, while your competitors are say, dealing with the same challenges that you are, what it's about is making sure that you're dealing with them really well. So it makes them actually be the ones that aren't dealing with it really well rather than you. And if you can do that and if you can keep people happy and uh, keep the change happening in order to retain your competitive advantage, then as a business, you're probably going to survive. Um, and it's for those who don't really positively manage that change that already will be struggling and, and need to uh, take a step up. And maybe even come to come and see you uh, at that point, Evelyn, and seek your help and assistance. <laughs> sure, we'll be yeah. happy to help. <laughs> I'm sure you will, I'm sure you will. Now, now again, you, you are an entrepreneur, you, you are running your own business. And as you said, you, you uh, celebrate your 10 year anniversary next year, which is phenomenal that's right uh, yay and um when is it next year oh it's early part of the year i think it's february february okay well yeah. listen if i'm back over in singapore in february um well i'll come around and uh, we'll we'll celebrate together okay it would be fantastic to see you and your team again um, thank you that but, was great. But, uh, yeah no problem now listen as an entrepreneur what what business ad what advice do you want to just leave people with who are striving to lead their own business maybe those people like you that a couple you know eight nine years ago just set up the business that were just getting it off the ground what's what's the piece of advice that you'd give to them looking back looking back well uh, i've always known that this you know would be uh, uh, a, i wouldn't call it long drawn but you're really running a marathon right it's not <laughs> sprint yeah <laughs> so I think one very important factor to consider is, you know, how do you um, keep that passion going? Um, and there are going to be, you know, um, moments, you know, in, in, in that journey where you feel like, oh, why am I doing this? You know, uh, should I, you know, consider other options? Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there would be all these questions, right? And and I think for me, um, now that we are approaching our tenth anniversary, the the challenge then is how do we continue to maintain? Like I mentioned the passion yeah. and actually yeah. the the energy, the energy, uh, in in the sense that um, we can get so consumed by work, and I don't think that's healthy. I think yeah. it's important to to think about you know um, the way we live you know and how are we investing in uh, other parts of uh, our lives. So I think the spiritual, emotional, physical um, 
what's the other one that corner you know um aspects of our lives you know are, yeah. are so important and we shouldn't neglect any of it um so i believe in maintaining uh and my energy level yeah uh, which yeah. means i i I go out, right, and I, I, I'll, I'll do different types of sports um, awesome. because that keeps me going. Yeah. Um, and I do need that that really high energy level because you know, mm. work can be so demanding. And uh, so I think being able to know when to step back is very important. And, and, and having the courage, like I mentioned earlier, courage is so important. And surrounding yourself with... Um, really good people i feel is is really critical uh i have mentors yeah uh, good. who have supported yeah. me tremendously over the years uh i continue to to lean on them uh mm -hmm. and to turn to them for, for advice and guidance don't think we should do this on our own so i feel it's important to surround yourself with um, really good people you know good thinkers um kind people, uh, people who who are about, you know, doing the right thing. Sure. Not always yeah. the easy thing. Oh, it's never about the easy thing, leadership. It's never about that. If it was, everybody would do it. Um, but uh, you, you mentioned there about energy, which I think is uh, a fantastic uh, mention. And you're dead right that it is a marathon, not a sprint. And to keep that energy going, you've got to find your own way of doing that, haven't you? And you've obviously found that in different sports. And and again, for everybody out there, then you know, what's your way of keeping your energy up? And please ask yourself that question after the podcast. So, um, Evelyn, we're into the home straight now, okay? And I love asking these last couple of questions uh, because we get sure. some amazing answers off this. And uh, the first one is, what's your leadership legacy going to be? Yeah, you're asking me tough questions, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, I think I want to be remembered for now as a leader who, who dares to venture into the unknown, yeah. prefers to lead alongside uh, and values innovation and fun. Um, wow. And I think that's important because uh, work can be so demanding, right, that you really need to enjoy working as a team. Yeah. I yeah. feel that's, that's huge and you need to enjoy the journey. Yeah, um, that's great. And I think uh, lastly, you know, um, as leaders, we need to be um, brave enough to share um, that we don't always have the answers. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, invite the team alongside to, to, to find out together and to explore together. Yeah, I love it. Uh, leaders don't always have the answers. Um, and it is about that exploration and about the team. Yeah, the, the contribution of everybody probably leads towards a better answer than uh, any one person in the team. So uh, that's definitely the way forward uh, on all occasions. And, and the, lastly, lastly, uh, what resources would you like to leave us with, Evelyn? Resources? Um, well, apart from asking you to find you decodehr.tech, uh, yeah. And, and I'd love to hear from, you know, some of our, our listeners out there. I'd okay. love to hear about your journey. Uh, love to hear about uh, your successes and, and, you know, what are some of the struggles that you have right now. Um, yeah. It'd be great to, to go on this journey together. 
Well, that's brilliant. And what we'll do is, uh, Evelyn, we're going to post some links on the show notes for this podcast, okay? And that'll include uh, Decode HR, uh, DCR, DCHR Tech, and also I'll post a link to your uh, LinkedIn profile because I'm sure that people would want to reach out and connect with you. And if people do want to uh, follow up on some of those questions, uh, then maybe they can reach out to either one of us and uh, we can help people out and give some answers. How's that sound? Fantastic. I love that. Hey, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Evelyn, uh, the time always passes by really quickly on these things. And, and we're, we're at the end of it, okay? So it just leaves me to say, uh, Evelyn, thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate your knowledge. It's been my privilege. Thank you, Andy. You have been asking great questions and doing a great job with your podcast. Thank you. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you very much for your time. So that's it, everybody. That's Leadership, the Future and Tea with our very special guest, Evelyn Chow from Decode HR. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership, the Future, and Tea. Please take time to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave us a comment with topics you'd like to hear in the upcoming episodes. 